0: Welcome to Sober Conversations, and thank you for joining us today. Sober Conversations is the podcast that gets to the heart of addiction recovery by examining all the angles of the sober lifestyle and just what it means to be alive, healthy, and thriving. My name is Dr. Herbie Bell. and today's episode, number 24, is a conversation entitled, Dude, Where's My Health?, Nothing better than being around spirit, enthusiasm, and endless energy, all of which my guest today embodies. Transformational coach Clark Danger is the gracious host of the podcasts Paleo Hacks and Dude, Where's My Health? He comes to Sober Conversations as a lover of holistic health, personal development, and has a passion for inspiring others, as you'll soon hear. Clark's forthcoming book, Dude, Where's My Health, promises to be a no-nonsense dental to mental guide on how and what makes for a healthy, thriving life. Let's get to this bright light of a man, Clark Danger, right now. Clark Danger, you are on Sober Conversations. Tell us what it's like to be you.
1: What it's like to be me? I don't know, man. I'm not a goofy-footed surfer like my man Herbie Bell over there.
0: Well, I tell you what, you are—you are one multidimensional being of light, super stud, twenty-two-year-old bro in the know. We say that Clark Danger is who he is because danger is no stranger to a ranger. Where, where are we going to go with this today?
1: I have, I have absolutely no clue. That—that that is a uh, a monologue that does not need to be turned into a dialogue. So you just rant on it.
0: All right, so as you know, we've got you here because you are one of my, you are in my council of heroes. I swear to god, 22 years old, you know what it's about to get all eight of your cylinders going. Your entire mind, body, spirit, skin tube fired up. And I'm just going to pick your encephalon today, your integrated right and left hemispheres. So are you down with that?
1: Hey, well, before we get going, thanks, man. That means a lot. I love uh, – for those of you listening right now, Herbie came on my show, the, the Paleo Hacks podcast. And uh, we did an interview that really helped a lot, a lot of people. So I got a ton of respect for what you do on this show and, and for the impact that it does make on people. So that's
0: really cool. Very nice of you to say that. And so what we're trying to do here is bridge the gap between addiction, treatment, addiction recovery, and the wellness community. Because as I love to say, long-term addiction recovery equals long-term wellness practices. And you know a ton about that. Mm-hmm. And so let's get after it. And the reason it's exciting to go today is that you are have a forthcoming book, and it's called Dude! Where is my health and what what surfer is not going to pick that up? <laughs> well, let's just hope it's not a not a put
1: off for some. I always get on calls and and the 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 person on the other side will be like, "Oh, I thought you were some I thought you were some skater kid who's just going to talk about skateboarding the whole time or, or something along the lines of that." But hey, be yourself, you know?
0: Well, as you know, I love the surfing community and dude is a term of endearment. Totally. It's also, uh, you know, about 16 other parts of speech, but that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to ask you this first question, and as it's related here, I heard one of your Paleo Hacks cast recently with somebody I really respect, Nora Gedgoudis, mm. who's written Primal Body, Primal Mind. I just love, uh, talk about uh, a woman in the know. Yeah. Um, and she basically said, and I'll paraphrase it, uh quote something like until we get the spirituality of food we'll stay on this mechanistic marched into extinction in other words until we get the wholeness of what we're doing uh you know we, we just won't have a clue so can you riff on that and how you organized your soon-to-be bestseller around that uh, grasping of you know uh, relating to the whole
1: yeah okay i'm really excited to share this with you guys. Um and we'll we'll make it not just a commercial for my book because I know there's podcasts out there for that. Um, <laughs> so so we'll I'm so excited to share with you guys some good info. So here we go. So the book is basically organized and it's still in the writing process currently. So look for it. It's four sections, ten chapters a section, and it's all killer no filler. I like to say um, nice. no fluff, none of none of that at all. So I give you the the simple the why what how. Why do you need to drink your water? What is it? What's the best kind? And how do you do it? What are the action steps you need to take today that you can make and make you healthy? And so that's how the whole book is structured. Um, It's it's about adding stuff in. And when you add, 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 you naturally have the bad stuff get pushed away, pushed out of your life. And so I'm a huge believer that you do not – go into somebody's life and start taking things away. I'm sure you guys talk about this on here all the time with with addiction and recovery and stuff. You know, our habits, they don't get taken away. They get replaced. So if you remove something, uh, if you remove cigarettes, it now creates a vacuum and it'll suck something else in to fill its place. Maybe you're not addicted to cigarettes anymore, but you drink more than usual vice versa. Maybe you don't drink as much, but you need to go out and have tons of wild, crazy sex to fill that void. Can I, can I intervene for a second? Go for it, man. And I want,
0: I want to nail this because, or anchor it, uh, because it, you know, you're speaking to the brain, uh, science and that, that what you're saying translates into, if you're working on your emotional life, if you're working on, you know, your cognitive, uh, Mm -hmm. kinds of things, it, it works the same way. You don't, uh, you don't try to get rid of not what's not working. You rewrite the brain like Buck Minister Fuller says, right? You replace what was there with something better.
1: That's so true, man. I love it. I love that you got the science, man, because that really helps. So we're all about adding the good stuff in. And, and where this book comes into play is that, again, four sections. So it's bookended with the why you're going to do that, getting yourself mentally prepared. Because I like to joke, I always say the same thing over and over again. If you had a six pack or you were muscular, you know, or you were toned and you had the booty that you always dreamed of, if you're a lady out there or the abs that you've always wanted or the chest or whatever, picture yourself as that, but you felt emotionally, relationally and spiritually like a zombie all day, would you be happy? The question, I mean, the answer is 120% No. Because that's all the superficial. We've been building that. We've been you know, working on that so much. And we talk about this mind-body connection that truly does not exist. They're one. And the Greeks knew that. And everyone before them knew that. They wouldn't even talk about the mind-body split. But here we go compartmentalizing everything. So we get into the mental side of it. That's so important. And then the middle two sections will be, you know, why do you need to drink your water? Or what's organic food? What's in our soil? How do we look at the sun? And there's some entertaining stuff in there too for kind of – I like to call the health nerds, if you will, who who get a kick out of some entertaining aspects of health and how fun they can be. Like we talk about doctrine of signatures and sun gazing and molecular structures of water. And so, again, I just want to emphasize that this is my baby to, to, to help people because I'm sure you know, Herbie – now is not the time to publish a book if you want to make money, right? I think there's uh, 125,000 books published a year. I think Seth Godin was talking about this and only a thousand of them actually make a profit. So it's really that this information needs to get out there and I got a passion for spreading it.
0: Well, I think it's cool that if you turn into a billionaire, we got a billionaire on the planet who's not a nut. I mean, <laughs> billionaires are cool if they've got heart and you got heart, man. So I, I agree with you that you go from dental to mental, and uh, <laughs> things like cold thermogenesis, like the wild man uh, Jack Cruz talks about. I can't wait to ask you about that. But here's what I want to know at this juncture: <clears throat> since you are this young, conscious-aware man, and I—I'm sorry if I keep going off on the young thing, but when I, when I was 22, uh, boy, I, I just didn't have this kind of awareness. Tell us when you stopped compartmentalizing your life and got so stoked on what you're talking about, or have you always been like that?
1: Well, Herbie, that's the thing, man. As soon as you say compartmentalize, I get this image in my head of, of conversations that we've all had. The person listening to this at home can totally relate to this and has probably used this a million times. We're talking about our life. We're talking about uh, to different people. You know, We say, oh, how's your sex life? Oh, how's your family life? Oh, how's your church life? Oh, how's your spiritual life? Oh, how's your learning life? You know, all these different lives. And heck, we're only living one life. So when you when you put everything in boxes, it's like you got a bunch of boxes that are never supposed to interact. And that might work in Christmas or something like that, but but not in the grand scheme of your life, right? We're talking one giant box that is Herbie, that is Claire, that is Clark, that is Jessica, that is Albert. All these boxes. And I think the box that we put ourselves in is even too small. So why don't we just bust out of the thing because, you know, UPS is sucking these days at delivering packages and no one's gonna deliver you except for you. They're so coming have, in
0: helicopters soon, right?
1: Yeah, there we go. You need to bust out of the thing and, and definitely not have little boxes. So I like to I guess the busting out to go with that comes when you get a few things straight in, in the mind. And they're the biggest ones that you go after. And there's kind of a trickle-down effect after you go to them. So you want me to go into those? Please. Okay, cool. The first one, I'm sure people have heard this, but it's the most important decision you will make in your life. Everything is happening to me now becomes everything is happening for me. Again, that's everything is happening to me now becomes everything is happening for me. That shift from the two to the four is what I call the victim to creator. So when you stop viewing yourself as uh, reactive, of every th- the stimulus comes at you and you react to it. That's being on the defense, right? But when you now switch over to everything is happening for me and you're on the offense, because you can't score a goal on the defense, right, unless you're, I guess, the Seahawks and we're doing really well this season, it's so much easier to be at your best when you're on the offense. And so now that everything is happening for you, What are you going to do with it? And the last thing I want to end on, Herbie, is uh, a quote by, I know you like him a lot, I like him a lot, Jim Rohn. And uh, I tell this on every podcast I go on because I think it sums this up, that it's not the blowing of the wind, but it's the set of the sails. And then you write this down, the same wind blows on us all. Okay, so it's not the blowing of the wind, but the set of the sails and the same wind blows on us all. You can't tell me that he was more lucky than me or he had more opportunities or he did this. He did that. You know, that's pointing the finger. That's that's being the victim. What are you going to do? Own it. You know, be an adult, be a man, be a woman and start becoming the creator. That's so cool. Uh,
0: You know. Well, you and I talked about moving from from the two to the four.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: We talked about from moving from, in the context of, let's say, the recovery community, it's moving from resentment to ambition. Mm-hmm. I love what you're saying. And say again <clears throat> the words that you used, moving from...
1: Oh, victim to creator. And I actually got that from, I think it's the... Um, the Power of TED, which stands for the Empowerment Dynamic, I believe.
0: So cool. And so instead of this uh, mantra, every day I'm getting better and better and better, it's not some sort of kumbaya thing. It's an actual, yeah. uh, there's my word again, ontological shift where you you know that you are completely embraced and supported mm. for your great success. Uh, there's a conspiracy uh, a concerted effort of all in your environment and what you're doing for you to su- succeed in these things but are there any caveats would you say in other words what is what do i yeah. have to do it, does it just come to me through entitlement or what do i have to do totally totally that's great i think you know are there any
1: caveats are there any negative effects of taking this yes it is 100% unarguably harder to do this it is and it isn't because once you make the decision, there's no thinking anymore, right? You have slip ups and you have to get back into it, okay? Um, you have rough patches in your path. But the initial response from going uh, from the victim to creator is definitely harder because everyone around you, who you hang around, right, they'll be saying, oh, you've changed, you know? So I see it every time. So Jessica loses 50 pounds and she's no longer overweight. All her family, all her friends now get hostile towards Jessica because she lost the weight and they say she's different. Jessica, you don't want to eat with us anymore. Jessica, you're not like you used to be. You were funnier. Oh, Jessica, all you care about is working out now. Because anytime you do something, who you hang around, it naturally points out to them that they're not doing it. So if you do something, if you lose the weight, if you stop the addiction or if you stop the habit or if you stop this, Sometimes it's different. The people around you really support you and they, they want you to succeed. That's a great group of people to hang around, okay? But if they're on the opposite end, don't be surprised if you, if you lose the weight or you change the habit that they start getting hostile towards you because they're not changing.
0: Well, you know what I think is interesting about that in our culture is that the people we put up on the highest pedestals, uh, including people like Jesus of Nazareth, etc., were kick-ass mavericks, you know, change agents and they didn't care um, Mm. or they did, but they, they, you know, guys like Mandela and and the rest that, uh, so it's kind of a paradox. Uh, So let me ask again, you're saying that uh, the Sarah that does change, the Herbie that does change, uh, what I was asking is you can't, you can't have this thing that is uh, a simple truth in our lives by smoking cigarettes and thinking you're going to have it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That's the caveat I meant. I mean, you've got to feed the genetic blueprint, don't you?
1: So, are you, uh, repeat that one more time, reword it for me?
0: Well, I'm asking, you know, I, I suppose I want to make more transparent that this shift from uh, resentment to ambition, the shift from victim to creator, mm. uh, entails, you, you know, we really have to become conscious of of how we're feeding our genetic blueprint. we You can't Up, have it. Upgrading, right? Yes, yes. Okay,
1: totally, man. I think what you're getting at is something I was thinking about the other day and journaling on um, of going from happiness to fulfillment, okay, making that shift. So I, I love comparing and contrasting because I think the world at some level works – in a dualistic paradigm of you know, hot and cold, night and day, on and off, male and female, north and south, all those things that, that harmonize together and make one but are, are, are equal halves of the whole. So I love comparing and contrasting and, and let's, let's take happiness and fulfillment and put them up there for a minute, okay? Happiness is so easy. You know, people say, oh, I want to be happy. It's all about being happy. Great, man. You can go out, smoke cigarettes, have sex, go to bars, and and gamble away. And for that brief moment, it'll feel good, and that'll be happiness. But what happens? You know, we all know that whenever that happens, there's a crash. So it's not really happiness because it's always bound up with unhappiness. The casino, uh, spending $1,000 is always bound up with the regret the next morning of, Oh, my gosh, I just spent $1,000. Eating the chocolate cake is always bound up the next morning with, now i got to work out twice as hard to make up for what I did last night. So there's always that that hot and cold there. So what comes naturally? Did you want to interject there, Herbie?
0: No, I want my phone to go away, but my name is Herbie <laughs> Bell, and I seem to be surrounded by bells all the time. I mean, yeah, can you believe that? I don't know how to turn <laughs> off the phone? I'm so sorry about that. <clears throat> Well,
1: interrupting my flow. I quit, Herbie. <laughs> okay, bye.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, man, that's good.
0: No, this this dialectic, I like to call it a dialectic because um, then I sound like a PhD in psychology, <laughs> like my friend Chris Harrison, who I love. So, so say that again. Um, reiterate what you said about these polar opposites and yeah. what you're talking about in – in achieving the, the purity, not some sort of surrogate, some sort of bastardized form of what you're talking about.
1: Well, I'll give you the other one then, so we're not leaving the audience hanging. Um, so, so we were just talking about happiness and how it's contrasted by fulfillment. But the ironic part here is when you pursue fulfillment, happiness is the byproduct. In simple words, when you're fulfilled, you will be happy. Nice. And you can see this with people around you, right? I'm sure we all know. Uh, The people who walk in the room and they love what they do and they do what they love. Their work is their play. Their play is their work. Everything goes together. I'm sure you have those people around you. And if you don't, you need to find some and clone them and surround yourself with them and do everything you can to be in their presence. So uh, when those people come into the room, there's something deeper. They they seem fulfilled. Like – and, and fulfillment, I want to make it very clear that it's not just some abstract out there woo-wee concept. It can happen to anyone at any time and you're still working towards it. Always, it's always a process. You're never there. It's just like, like me and you I'm sure, man. I'm, I'm never waking up feeling like I've made it or feeling like there's nothing left to learn. But hey, I'm way more closer than I was a year ago or two months ago or a month ago. And that growth, that development is, I think, fulfillment. Does that well, make
0: sense? That makes total sense. We don't compare ourselves to Jesus or Muhammad. We compare ourselves you know to us yep. last week. And I was talking to triplinear about this yesterday, who's a stud, the new man triplinear and yeah. we were saying, you know, there, there's something that occurs with with this sort of uh coherence of energy that you pick up on someone. Uh for instance, somebody will say Hey Herbie, are you happy? And I'll say, well, sometimes I'm happy. What, what do you mean? Uh, but there is. What happens is that we drop back to this observation deck that all will be well, and then stuff is always going to happen, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And 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 how do you deal with things? When they do come up, you know, when you do have a car that breaks down on the side of the road, you don't just positive think your way out of that, you know. No, you get your ass out, you change the tire, and you move on. But hey, now two months later when you're in your friend's car and their tire pops on the side of the road and you get out and you can help them because that happened to you. Now that's when it served you. That's when you chose to use that for experience because everything's happening for you in that moment. Now you can save your friends 20, 30, 40 minutes of going through the learning process and and changing that stupid spare tire, right? So that's I, I think my little plug there on how it may not be clear now how maybe a bad relationship or an addiction or a struggle in your life have served you but give it some time.
0: Very cool, which kind of uh, harkens back to the comments about Norgud Gaudis and understanding the spirituality of all things. We don't compartmentalize. Mm. We realize that you know each and every one of our steps and our breaths is really um, a sacred experience if we allow it to be. Even mm. even the bullshit, even the—I love what uh, Thich Nhat Hanh says— uh hello little depression you know he says of course <laughs> it's just yeah. it's just passing through with this way of being that you're talking about and so uh, let's you know you and i are are so excited when we get together cuz i think we go off on this stuff which kind yeah. of speaks to this idea that there um the mainstream information that's out there for you know general mid- mainstream america is toxic. Let's face it, we're getting sick, things aren't working out well. So how do you organize your information, your credible sources that, um, you know, you're, you're not just overwhelmed with 16 books that you're reading, etc. What suggestions mm-hmm. for you to have, do you have for people where they can go to, to really comprehend what you're talking about, besides oh. your new book coming out, obviously?
1: That's right, man. Well, I'd say the first thing they need to do is watch the mainstream news and uh, pick up papers and just get your info from the mainstream. I think that's the best place to get it. boy. So listen, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. No, man. Okay. In all seriousness, if you want to be average, do what the average person does. And hey, United States, you do not. I repeat, you do not want to be average, right? 60, 70% of Americans are overweight or obese. Um, uh, you know, how many of them have metabolic syndrome, you know, how many people have diabetes, how many people are depressed, how much SSRIs are getting prescribed, how much statin drugs are getting prescribed, like average is not good. People stop trying to be average. So what does the mainstream do? They do what the mainstream does. And hey, look at the information coming at them. It's all from the mainstream. So I'm not this, like, hippie rebel trying to be like, yeah, man, down with the mainstream. You know, it's the government, man. No, I think there's actual stuff out there that couldn't have been out there 50 years ago that we can now use to educate and change the world. It's crazy. You just got to find it so it's out there. So now the question becomes, okay, where do we find it? I think – Simplification, right? So so getting around uh people again who you trust, not just physically, but but on cyberspace or or your teachers in books and and stuff. You know, I, I joke who I hang around is uh Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Seth Godin, uh, you know, everyone who inspires me, all these personal development books. Um those are my five people I hang around. And so start putting the good stuff in because I'm sure – I think we talked
0: about it, Herbie, on on Paleo Hacks is when you put crap in, you get crap out. That's what the computer folks say, garbage in, garbage out. I so agree with that. Talk to me more about some of your mentors. You know, Tony's cool and all of those cats and kittens. Are are there any sort of, um, you know, people down – closer to people we could actually uh, pick up the phone and call? Anybody in – I don't know, the wellness community or a paleo community that you really dig. You Mark know, Sisson, those kinds of guys?
1: I like uh oh man. I I'm a huge Paul check fan. And uh he's I think the leading voice. He's very out there, but he's the leading voice nevertheless. Yeah of uh the holistic health movement. He's been doing it forever and knows his stuff, let me tell you that. And uh Has really been a great mentor and teacher of mine. So I think Paul Czech is killing it right now. Are you
0: a Czech practitioner? No.
1: That's probably my next route. I love that stuff. Um, I might get certified through him just because I believe in it so much. And then um, if you guys are looking for just uh, simple information, I've been following my man Sean Croxton for a while. He, uh, he kind of got me into this whole thing. So he, I've talked to him a few times, and he's really encouraging. And so I think Sean Croxton over at Underground Wellness is just destroying the scene right now with his summits, with his products, with his podcast. Those are two places to start. And then uh, if, you're, if you're interested for some interviews, of course, you can come over to Paleo Hacks podcast or, or Dude, Where's My Health, which is where I put out all my information.
0: Well well, great I want to uh go back and kind of review where we came from and yeah. um I've forgotten. did you tell me that you had some uh rude awakening to to uh join forces with uh the best version of yourself What? tell me again
1: ah man so I, I guess the story it was just like the more and more I think about i guess my story. And, uh, and what I, where I came from, like what I want to share with people. There's so many different parts that I'm like, that was it. That was it right there. And one that happened recently, um, that I've shared a few other shows on is, is just dealing with extreme rejection in, uh, the business scene. So anyone out there who's ever had a business deal, not go the way they planned, or even had anything go the way they planned for that matter can definitely relate to this. So And I'll give you some tips at the end of this that you can use to uh, change whatever thing you're going through right now that I used. And so basically what happened is I had a business deal that didn't go the way it was planned. And this was very recent. And it was a business deal that was going to equate out to about, uh, let's just say, I think it was around $30,000. So a significant chunk of money for most people and myself being a college student included. And, uh, and you know, we don't get into this to make millions and stuff, but that that would have been nice. So anyway, long story short, it did not go the way it planned, even though we had agreed on it and signed stuff and, and it was going through. And they decided to use someone else. And that really sucks, you know, especially when you've been doing good work and, and all that stuff. So So I sat down after that. I took a sheet of paper. Because these are the times where you are tested the most. And these are the times where you need to show up as your best version. And so I said, okay, let's test this little uh, motivational speaker, positive psychology dude that's that's laying in here when he's feeling like crap because things didn't go his way. So I took a sheet of paper and I drew a line down the middle of it. And I still have it in my journal. I'm looking at it right now. And on the left side, this is the exercise you can do. On the left side up there, you give yourself 5, 10, 20, 30 minutes as long as it takes to write everything that sucks about that situation. Get negative. Get evil. Just write down whatever the heck you want to. That's your space right there, okay? Once it's all out and you feel like you can't write another uh, bitter word in your body or that you don't have your feelings on there, you can now move to the other side, okay? Now, this side – This is going to be one of the hardest things to do during that time. At the top there, you're going to write a question. You're going to write, how will this serve me? How is this going to serve me? And then you force yourself to write just as many of the ways that this can serve you as you did negative things. And that comparing and contrasting of how will this serve me really gets you into the creator mindset of, of everything is happening for me. Example, so when I did this, you know, I wrote down, oh, it sucks. You know, I could have had this, I could have had this, and it was all getting at like money and, and really bitter stuff. And I didn't like the person I was on that left sheet of paper. I just hated it. I, I don't want to be that person at all. And looking at that, that's a big reality check. And then I go over to the right column, and I'm like, that's the person I want to be. I'm choosing that response. It was things like, oh, now I have a, uh, you know, I have months to work on my book now. Now it can inspire and give energy to other things. Now I'm more in control of what I want to create and what I want to do. I had tons of stuff, tons of ways it was going to serve me. So I think that's a great exercise for those people at home going through rejection or or a hard time.
0: Well, it's a fantastic exercise. And so apropos to the recovery community because in um, Alcoholics Anonymous, we have something – Called the 12 steps, as you know, and everyone Mm, knows. And the fourth step is taking an inventory like that. And I love what Sam Keen says in the masculine community about, you know, we just don't know our story until we begin to write it and begin to tell it. Mm. And uh, it's such powerful stuff. But I'm going to challenge you here at the risk of being a shit disturber, and that is... Was there any, uh, you know, very often in the recovery community, people will do lots of proactive things, but they still don't get at the central wound of where the low self-esteem is coming from. Anything in your growing up process or some sort of rude awakening call, you know, some trauma in the family or something? I'm just exploring this. Maybe there isn't, but are you with me on this? Did you explore that stuff as far as the mental piece?
1: You know, I've never done – I I have done some counseling in the past, you know, where they pick apart family. And I've never found any one moment that really, you know, like, oh, they left and then it destroyed everything. And from that moment on, I was a different person. It was more gradual. I think it was um, just seeing around me how when I was – negative i would get negative things and when i was positive i'd get positive things and and people around me in my immediate family seem to always um not always but lean towards the negative side of you know the gossiping the complaining the criticizing how bad things are because that's a relief that's a that's a brief moment it's the happiness we were talking about but that's always followed by the unhappiness right that we were talking about there so that initial blaming criticizing creating thing is always followed by that feeling afterwards of where you, you feel like you have that dark looming cloud around you of negativity that you just called upon yourself. And so I th- I think seeing that and feeling that cloud um, for, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years is something that's drastically impacted me and, and something I heck don't
0: want, man. Well, so cool. So that's what I'm talking about. And the idea oh, yeah. is that... You identified this this way of being in your family of origin, you, and you know it seems to me human beings either uh, are repulsed by that by what they learn early on, or they adopt it and they they perpetuate it. And you you decided to uh, be repulsed by it and then adopt this other way of moving and navigating through the world. So you've talked about the mental piece, and now. Um, as As we move toward the end of our conversation i 'm wondering if you can talk about some way to frame uh so w- what is it that people can know about the, the food they 're intaking and the way that they 're moving their body that will come together with this mental piece
1: that 's great man so there 's tons of stuff again in in the book and just what I do that 's just really fun to talk about you know so like uh, things that can get people excited about health, and I think so much of health you know of learning about macronutrients, micronutrients, here's a vitamin, here's a mineral, can get so dull, dried out, and number-crunching-like. And we don't look at a banana and analyze it and say, how much vitamin C am I getting, and then add that in our vitamin C chart, and then uh, compare and contrast throughout the day. Like, th- that's why those nutrition trackers, apps do not work, because it's boring and it sucks, and no one wants to count calories, count nutrition, do anything, and half the time it's garbage and doesn't work. So let's get down to the fundamental principles, right? I guess clean water, air and soil. Those three things right there. If you can get clean water, air and soil, you can be healthy. Air is what you need to breathe, obviously. Uh, water is what you put in your body, right? We're 70% water from the neck down, 85 from the neck up. That's the person you love. I saw this on a, a infographic about water. The person you love is 85% water. You know, so you you love some water. We need water. Everywhere we go. Um, And then there's food that's grown on the soil, right? We are as healthy as the thing we live on, which happens to be good old mama earth. Mm. And if you don't feel that we're connected to the soil, I could give you tons of things, tons of things. For whatever reason, the coolest thing I – learned about the soil was the ratio of bacteria on the top soil they call it that's the first you know 1 to 3 feet up to a layer of soil that can, that gets muddled up a lot and has like lots of nutrients and all that and it's getting eroded away with all the chemicals and fungicides or denicides herbicides and that is that on that it has a 85 to 15% good to bad Uh, microorganism bacteria ratio the same ratio that is in your guts for optimal health we need that that yin and yang again the polarity comes in with the the up and down the hot and cold
0: what are you trying to say that we're modes of the earth that we are reflections of the totally totally you know
1: as above so below is a popular uh, term with that stuff yeah
0: thank you yeah there you go so then um Finding that good soil and that which emerges from that good soil is there a way to for for the common person to say, "Well, what the heck are you talking about what what um,
1: Yeah. uh, If you want simple terms, I'm talking about upgrading. I'm talking about what we've been talking about this whole time of getting out of the mainstream. Do what average people do and you'll be average. So if you follow the food pyramid, eat your 11 servings of of grains a day, you're going to look like the overweight, obese person, you know, with metabolic syndrome.
0: Uh -uh, Uh-uh. My mom was like that. Okay. (laughs) All right.
1: Um, If you do the Other, the opposite there, and and you don't do what average people do, and you seek out people who write books on the stuff, and you get one or two books. Um, If paleo is your thing, look into paleo community. I'm not here to say that that's the best diet or the best way to eat or or anything. I think the real food approach of getting back to what was here, you know, 500 years ago, 10,000 years ago, not even that far. And eating less processed crap and slowly working your way up to where you're eating more natural foods and do that over time and you'll have a great diet. And
0: and as per your original advice, uh, you just add what's good and the bad will fall away, right?
1: So true, so true. So naturally when you start shopping, let's say at a farmer's market, not even a farmer's market but you just start buying the organic produce, let's say, then what are you doing? you're naturally not buying the fake produce or the GMO produce or anything like that. So there we can see right there with that one change, you're doing two things. You're adding in good nutrition, organic food to your diet, and you're taking away bad nutrition, uh, pesticides, herbicides, or denicides, GMO. And you're saving – you're helping environment with organic practices, which is so many more shows that that we could go into.
0: Right, and it's not rocket science, but it does take time for you to understand what – what is the poison that we've been eating, and yeah. uh, one little bit at a time. So tell us now, uh, give us sort of an encapsulated look at functional movement. What what do you do and what do you suggest?
1: That's good, man. I love moving. Get you moving and grooving. I think that, for some people, is their entryway into feeling optimal and, and eventually you know, eating optimal. But some people, on the other hand, they go after the nutrition first. So I think there's an integrated, uh, you know holistic approach with nutrition and exercise and all that stuff. So with functional movement then, with exercise, I've been toying around a lot with this for years, for years. And now I've gotten out of the, I guess, bodybuilding aesthetics aspect of working out uh, to work out for how you look and gotten into it more for how I feel. So if I walk away from an exercise or a workout with more energy than I went in, I know that the workout was beneficial because that's what it's supposed to do. And so if you do the opposite – and so I think it's important for people to take an inventory like we were talking about of where they're at. So if they're not moving at all, maybe the first thing they do is to just get moving. Go on a walk three times a week. Really focus on your breathing when you're walking and start small. Start building on little things you can do that are wins and not feeling uh, dragged in or guilted in by, I guess, quote unquote, failures of trying to take on P90X for three months, and then uh, which is uh, nuts, exactly. And, and if that's your first intro into fitness in three years, good luck with that. And not saying you can't do it, but work your way into that. Maybe even for a month of just trying to get into an exercise regime or or, or uh, anything like that. And so slowly working your way in. I think is the best way to go about that, Herbie.
0: I think you're so right, and this is congruent with the recovery community, that easy does it, and that's what we're up to here. Easy does it one thing at a time. So you've talked about from uh, dental to mental. We've covered a lot of bases here, but what we really want to do is look forward to Clark Danger's book, Dude, Where's My Health? When do you think it'll be available for uh, cats and kittens? cats and kittens i think man uh ooh, i just got a book
1: i was showing you before the call i got a book on a book it's a little bit of inception there it's like a book on how to publish and write books and uh so i'm not sure if i'm going self-publishing route or if i'm i'm going through a publisher quite yet but uh hopefully this book will be out i don't have a solid release date but i want it in the new year so early to mid new year
0: beautiful 2014 for clark danger clark tell us how we can find out where you are on the web and in this universe
1: cool herbie thanks man uh so the best way to get a hold of me since you all are on podcasts right now i take it is just to head on over to dude where's my health or search clark danger in the search bar click on my giant face with lettuce coming out and you'll find me and all i do
0: Clark, you are an inspiration to me, and I am so thrilled to have you here and honored to have you at Server Conversations. I can't thank you enough for taking this time.
1: Hey, man, that means a lot, Herbie. And, again, I really love what you do. And, uh, yeah, I love the message you're spreading. And So thank you for letting me crash your party for a minute and uh, speak to your audience. It was
0: fun. Anytime, bro, in the know. Let's talk soon. All right, man. Bye-bye. Clark Danger. Honestly, don't you just want what Clark's having? Listeners, you can find Clark and his contact information and so much more by Googling Clark Danger, just like it sounds, or Dude, Where's My Health? You can also listen to Clark and his many and varied guests at Paleo Hacks Podcast, that's spelled P-A-L-E-O-H-A-C-K-S, all one word. And that's at iTunes or at PaleoHacks.com. Thanks again, Clark you're going to make a huge difference in this world. As ever, I'm Dr. Herbie Bell, and you can find me on the web at recoveryhealthcare.me, that's .me, or facebook.com slash recoveryhealth. Thank you for listening. And do us a favor by going to iTunes and giving a rating and a review, because all great beginnings start with a conversation. Here's to the next time. And in the meantime, Long-term recovery equals long-term wellness. Stay well.